Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. You are now about to experience a Lee Penley original. Please enjoy. Hey guys, I hope everyone is doing well, well as enough as we can expect in this new norm that we're all trying to navigate. But what an amazing month in the life of One Church we've had. Just some phenomenal teaching. We started the month with Pastor David Baird, and then we had Pastor Wally Odom, and last week we had Kay Brown. And next week, we're going to have Pastor Rick Stone, and he's going to be finishing up this month's series on The Mission Continues. And I am honored and excited to be with you guys today, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 10, and it is an amazing story. It's a pivotal moment in the history of the church. It's where the gospel is open up to the Gentiles, while the where the wall is completely torn down. And we're going to see how some supernatural interventions have helped change and shape the world. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here together today. And Lord, I pray as we go through this scripture that it brings us hope, it brings us encouragement, and that it brings us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys. Acts 10, verse 1. And it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So here we got this guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman soldier. He's a centurion. He's over a hundred men. He's part of this Italian regiment, which happened to be considered the backbone of the Roman army. He was moral. He was generous. He prayed to God. He actually feared God, and he taught his family to do the same. And even though he was a Roman soldier, and he rejected the immorality of the Roman culture of the time, And he didn't know the gospel, but he understood that there must be a creator. Kind of like when we see a painting, we kind of know that there has to be an artist. He was feeling the same way. And he didn't know the message of the cross, but he was hungry for it. He was seeking God. And we know that God never leaves anyone behind who's actively seeking him, right? Verse 3 says, About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And what he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up before a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. So Cornelius, he set time aside to pray and ended up being touched by an angel. 
And the angel tells them, don't be afraid. I'm here because your alms and your prayers have come up before God. And even though he's not a believer, God has heard every single prayer he's prayed. He's watched all of his unselfish acts. And although he hasn't heard the message of salvation through Jesus, God saw him answering those subtle little pokes from the Holy Spirit. And God saw every act of kindness and every penny that he actually gave. But God sent him an angel because as good as he was, as generous as he was, Cornelius still needed to be told about Jesus. He still came up short. So God sends him an angel and the angel sends him to a man and that man is gonna be Peter. Verse six says, he is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So he, when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Cornelius responded to God's instructions immediately. He starts to obey right away. That needs to be a slogan on a Christian t-shirt. How often do we put off things that God's trying to get us to do? Maybe he wants us to get out of a bad relationship. Maybe he's asking us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a friend or a coworker, and we come up with excuses like, I don't want to be that guy, or I don't want they to, them to think that we're weird. You know what? It doesn't have to be weird. But when God's asking us to do something, we need to respond. We need to obey right away. So here's Peter. He's in Joppa, and he's staying with Simon, who's a tanner. Not a great job, especially since the Jews thought that that was unclean because he had to work with dead animals. But notice that Peter stays with him anyways. And that's because Peter's open to change. He is. But trust me, he definitely still has a way to go. Verse 9 says, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So like Cornelius, Peter set time aside to pray. So he goes up onto the roof, common at the time, they used it for extra space, and he's hungry. So his host, Simon, is cooking him something to eat. And while Peter is praying, God puts him in a trance. And then it says, he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So they're talking about the dietary restrictions, the old law from Leviticus. And Peter, he actually still followed that. And then he hears this voice and it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And if you're following along with us, you'll notice that that's written in red. What does that mean? It means Jesus is speaking. Jesus is actually talking to Peter. And Peter, he still says, no, Lord. How many of us know that only yes, Lord, works, 
right? How often do we say no when the Lord's trying to get us to do something? And then we act all upset or surprised when things don't work out the way we want them to. Like we know so much better than Jesus. And the funny thing is, is that this isn't even the first time that Peter has told Jesus no. Matthew 16, 22 through 23. And that's just one example. It's classic Peter. But we all do it sometimes. God will tell us to do something and we're like, mm, yeah, not so, Lord. So verse 15 says, And a voice spoke to him again, and the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Again, written in red, Jesus is talking to Peter. This was done three times, and the object was taken up to heaven again. Jesus says, What I've cleansed, I don't want you to think is common or unclean. Here's the thing. Is God made things clean? by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. It fulfilled all that old law, and it put us in a new covenant, the new covenant of grace. And this wasn't even about food. God is trying to use this as an example to change Peter's view on the world. It's new instructions for the church. And he chose Peter because Peter's open for change. But he still tells him three times just to make sure he gets it, just to make sure he understands. Yes, Peter, you're hearing me right. The gospel is for everybody. And guess what? We're everybody. So there's Peter. He's sitting there and he's contemplating this dream and he realizes this has to mean more. And about that time, Cornelius's men show up and they ask Simon, is, is Peter here? And at the same time, the Spirit tells Peter that there are three men seeking you. I sent them, they're from me. So let's pick back up in verse 21. And it says, Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am him who you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. And on the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren, so he took some of his people with him from Joppa, accompanied him. So even though Peter doesn't know why he's supposed to go. He does it anyway. When God tells us to do something, even if we don't understand, we need to do it. There's a purpose and there's a plan behind it. And more than likely, it is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. So the next day, they get to Cornelius's house. And what's really amazing about this next part is that Cornelius He'd invited friends and family over. He was evangelizing even before he hears the gospel. And Peter walks in and Cornelius falls to the floor. And Peter tells him, I'm just a man. Don't do that. The praise needs to be saved for God. In verse 28, Peter says, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. 
Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent me? So here's Peter. He steps into a house what would be considered unclean. He immediately applied what God had just shown him, and he did it without objection. He obeyed right away. Peter asks him, okay, Cornelius, I'm here. Why did you send for me? And Cornelius proceeds to tell him what happens with the angel. And then he says, so I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things commanded you by God. Cornelius said, I sent for you immediately because I want to hear everything God told you to tell me. Don't leave anything out. We want to hear it all. It's a perfect example how an open, expectant heart can activate faith. Then verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Peter finally realizes the Great Commission. Kind of seems like to me that Jesus was already trying to tell them that a few years earlier, but what they heard was go into all the Jewish world. But Jesus, Jesus had the whole world in mind. That was God's end game all along. When he told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations, he said, through his seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Mark eleven seventeen says, when, when Jesus cleansed the temple, he said, a house of prayer for all nations. Verse 35 says, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. In every nation, this was God's plan all along. One of my very favorite scriptures is Ephesians 2, 14. And it says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united the Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us all. That was God's end game. It was the plan all along. The gospel is meant for everybody. Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who is ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets, Witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Amen. Peter just gave a condensed version of the gospel, but he ends it with a call to action. He says, by believing the gospel of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you too can be saved. 
And even though Cornelius was good, even though he was moral, even though he was generous, and even though he wanted to know God, he didn't know him until Peter preached and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. He had all the right devotion. He just needed to be pointed in the right direction. Peter's like, yep, you're on the right track, but you know what? You need Jesus. How many people do we come across just like that? They're good, moral people. They're on the right track, but they need Jesus. That's where we come in. That's where we come in. That's where we share what we know and help them find the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. So verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then he asked him to stay a few days. As soon as Peter preached the gospel, they grabbed it. They had open, expectant hearts, so they believed and they were saved. At this point, the wall is completely torn down, and all that were saved received the Holy Spirit. They hear, and the Holy Spirit acts. So at that point, Peter commanded them to be baptized in water. Wow, what an amazing scripture. What an important, momentous moment in the history of church. I've actually heard people call it the Pentecost of the Gentiles. And you know, while I was going through it and studying for today, there were a few things that really stood out to me. And one of those was, why did God use food to teach Peter this lesson? And you know, I think it's because that's what Peter was going through at that very moment. He was hungry. And sometimes God uses the circumstances we're in to teach us things. And sometimes instead of asking God, why are you allowing me to go through this? Maybe we should be asking, what are you trying to teach me through this? And you know what else? Pray. We need to be praying. How many good, amazing, supernatural things came out of them praying? Cornelius set time aside to pray and an angel broke in. And Peter, he set time aside to pray in a completely different city and he had a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus Christ. And that led to the gospel being opened up to everybody. We never know what's on the other side of our prayers. We never know the impact our prayers could have on the world and the next generation. God moves mountains, but prayer moves God. You know, before I was a Christian, I had a really good friend that would invite me to church. And for whatever reasons, this particular day, I decided to go with her. She came by and she scooped me up and she took me to church. And it was an evening service. And as soon as I walked in, as soon as I heard the praise and worship, there was something going on inside me, something I couldn't deny. And I ended up that night raising my hand and I was dramatically, crazily saved. 
And I couldn't wait to get home and share what happened with my husband because he'd been a Christian for a really long time. So I started telling him my story and he stopped me and he said, wait, you have to hear this. This is the craziest thing. Well, his mama, who's this sweet little old godly woman, the most godly woman you'll probably ever know, lives in this tiny little bitty town in Tennessee and goes to this tiny little church. Well, that same night that I was in Virginia Beach going to church, she was in Tennessee at her church going forward, getting anointed with oil and praying for my salvation. That's the power of prayer. Prayer works and he is absolutely listening. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. You could have made the biggest mistake of your life yesterday and then woke up today completely disgusted in yourself. And you know what? He loves you as much today as he did before you made that mistake. He's proud of you. You are his son. You are his daughter and he's listening. And there's absolutely nothing that can separate you from his love. There's nothing that you could do. There's nothing that you could ever say that could make him love you any less. He cares and he cares so much that he sent his only son to the cross to die for you. And he did that knowing that we were gonna make mistakes. And because Jesus died on the cross, our sins are forgiven. We're in right standing with God and we're under this new covenant of grace. He's listening. He wants to be in relationship with you and all you have to do is ask. It doesn't have to be this big, long, drawn out thing. It's actually quite simple. All you have to do is believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believe that because of that, your sins are covered and ask him into your heart. That's it. It's that simple. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us and loving us so much that you gave us your one and only son. And because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're in right standing with you. Our sins are forgiven. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you have a purpose and a plan, and that is way bigger and way more abundant than anything we ever could imagine. Thank you that you're a God that listens to our prayers. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone listening or watching tonight and they don't know you, I pray that they believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus and that because of that, their sins are covered. And I pray that they ask you into their heart to be the light of their life. In your name we pray, amen. Guys, prayer works. And don't be afraid to pray big. Pray for your marriage, pray for your kids, pray for your health, pray for miracles. Miracles happen. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen miracle after miracle. And if you have any prayer requests, please private message us. We'd love to pray with you. We love you, we miss you, God bless. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.